0: Do your chickens suffer from resting beak face? Well, we have a cure for that. Grubly Farms Grublys. Grublys are a delicious snack with benefits.
1: Grublys have 50 times more calcium than mealworms, promoting stronger eggshells and flashier feathers. And who doesn't love a Grublys happy hour? Grab yourself a beverage, throw your hens and roos some Grublies, and relax while watching chicken TV. So make sure that you order your Grubly Farms Grubleys today
0: and save 15% off your first order using code FARM15 at
1: GrubblyFarms.com. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink
0: adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not
1: having the perfect farm life we keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing we drink things we farm
0: things we drink and farm things oh hey there sam
1: oh gosh my beer it's everywhere <laughs> oh no <laughs> i survived hi bez <laughs> guess i'm supposed to start things by saying hi but i was <laughs> a little slow to opening my beer <laughs> it went everywhere oh, goodness. oh no it's well what'd okay. you open over there uh so i opened a luddington bay brewing company ss badger blue which is a light bodied blueberry cream ale Ooh, yeah. So Sounds I've been on good. the Badger before. It's a boat that go, a big boat, um, that can haul cars between Ludington and Wisconsin. So I've been on that boat before for like a little pleasure cruise type thing. So when I saw <laughs> the beer, I
0: had to get it. Nice. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you
0: drinking today? So uh, I am drinking a non-alcoholic cocktail that I made from Simple Goodness Sisters cocktail farm box that they had. Uh, They included a recipe for a non-alcoholic cocktail. And so I made it for the kids and the family on Easter. And I had to make another one because it's a Brazilian basil lemonade. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, it is really good. Um, and what it is is it's made with coconut milk and lime juice and lime basil syrup. And uh, one of the best things about the recipe is that she tells you how to properly, like, rim your glass so that you can get the salt mm-hmm. or the sugar rim. And... um If you've never done that before, it can be kind of tricky to get it to stick. Uh, And the way that she tells you to do it in the recipe is to rub a lime wedge along the edge of your glass. And it was, like, totally flawless. I've tried rubbing it with, like, a washcloth before or, like, water or, like, other things. And it just didn't work the same as rubbing the lime did. So I was super thankful of that tip because it, like, totally changed how I'm going to wear my glasses now. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So our drink peep this episode is our friend and teammate
1: Katie over at Sticky Holler Farm. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So I'm not going to lie. You guys have been kicking butt with posting can't evens in our group. So if we missed yours, it is not personal. I just need better organizational skills and better searching skills. Um, But we did our best to grab everything we could for this episode. And our first one is from Jill. And uh, she shared a post from the Pasquotank. Pasquotank? I don't know. It's a sheriff's office somewhere. Um, And they shared this story. And it involves a goat. So it starts out appropriately, with bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? While you were enjoying your weekend, our newest member, Grazer, was sniffing out the white powdery stuff. Grazer, our drug interdiction goat, was put into service on Friday, and she has already made a significant bust. As you can see, our assistant district attorney, Kim Pellini and her boss, district attorney, Andrew Womble, We're detained for transporting contraband. Can you believe this? Neither can we. Located in the trunk of the car were dozens of boxes of individually wrapped white powdery stuff along with paraphernalia. Check out the pictures to see what greys are located. Luckily for Southern made donuts of Elizabeth City, we were able to safely return most of the items back to them. Thank you for those that were involved in the bust. Our agency is so proud of the unique sniffing ability that Grazer possesses. P.S. The donuts were delicious. <laughs> so there's pictures of this goat with this little sheriff's vest on. And in the trunk is a bunch of donuts. And if you haven't figured it out already, this was a joke. And it was posted on April 1st. <laughs>
0: April Fools. (laughs) There were so many good April Fools, like, farm things posted. It was just, like, too hard to pick favorites. (laughs) But I saw multiple goats as, like, I guess narcotics sniffing animals. (laughs) Which I thought was super cool because I was like, yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So cute.
0: Our next one is from Caitlin, and she wrote... Y'all, I can't even with myself right now. My Australian shepherd was obsessing over a spot near our ditch line that's currently filled with water. So I went over, bent over next to him, and about soiled myself when I saw in the tall grass a dark-coiled mass. (laughs) Y'all, I ran inside so fast and grabbed a shovel and a machete like I was some kind of (laughs) Amazonian warrior. And I poked at it with a shovel to make it come out of the dark grass. And it was just a black snake. Don't worry, I didn't hurt it. Just out there looking like a fool. For real, though. <laughs> the copperheads and water moccasins are a problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would have done the same thing. Like, oh. I would have, too. And, you know, it's funny. I'm really glad that she posted this because it kind of reminded me how important it is this time of year to remember, like, what The snakes look like and the difference between the dangerous snakes and like the friendly snakes (laughs) because it could be really easy to accidentally take out like a you know garden snake that's just out there you know helping you keep your pests down (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: instead of one of the deadly ones so yes so this next one was posted by sharon smith And it was actually shared from a Facebook user back in 2018. But it's so good. I guess we can call it timeless. So it says, while talking to Sean Rock during planning, we hear meowing. We look out the window. No cat. We investigate further. We listen to a purse. Lunchbox. It must be a cell phone ringing. Nope. It's coming from the backpacks. I lift a jacket and the backpack moves. I unzip the backpack, and a cat's head pops out. That, folks, is how my Friday started. Hashtag, I can't make this up. Hashtag fourth grade. Hashtag what the what. Edited to say cat is safe, and student's mom came to pick it up. The phone call home went like this. Hello, student is safe, but we kind of have a weird situation. Your student brought a cat to school on the bus in her backpack. Their response shut up that would be my response too (laughs) me too (laughs) best part it's not even their cat it's the neighbor's cat (laughs) omg and there's this fun picture of this lady holding said cat and the cat looks like it does not want to be there
0: (laughs) oh my gosh That's so hilarious, and that's totally in my future. My daughter is completely a cat rancher. That is what she wants to do. She wants nothing to do with anything else. She only has eyes for cats. <laughs>
1: oh that's so funny you're gonna have to make sure you do a backpack check every single morning
0: uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> luckily the barn cats hang out kind of far from where she has to like do her morning stuff so she'd have to like
1: really go hunt
0: them down <laughs> she'd really <laughs> to have, them have to be determined so <laughs> for show and yeah. tell to take one of her cats <laughs> The next one is from Caitlin, and she says, can't even. This was posted to a poultry swap in my area, and I just found it so hilarious. If I didn't have small children, I would want these hell geese. <laughs> <laughs> so here it is. This looks like a Craigslist posting or something to that effect, What it says, who needs guard geese? Hate visitors? I have a treat for you. <laughs> We think these are African geese. They may be Chinese geese, possibly depths of hell geese. (laughs) All I do know for sure is that they are not the Toulouse geese my wife was supposed to be bringing home. Probably two females and a male, but no guarantee. Young adults should start laying in spring. We bought them as nice geese, as our others are, and apparently there's some definition of nice I've never heard of. (laughs) They lurk and harass. They show up in their squad of three to cause mayhem. There is no truce. Now, if they think you'll bully back, they stand down. They're wonderful guard geese. They will harass strangers, religious recruiters, salespeople, family you don't like, and assist in social distancing. They are loud and nosy, better than a barking dog and eat less. (laughs) silly as it sounds i do love the jerks and want them to have a good home that will truly appreciate their talents they are not for food sale though i've threatened them many times they are really entertaining and personable critters (laughs) i mean that sums
1: up a lot of geese especially for this time of year because they're all you know my females are laying right now and my gander is such a dick (laughs) <laughs> he is so mean, and he's bit Matt and I, and it hurts and leaves a Uh-oh. bruise. He's bit me like right on the shin.
0: Ow! Yeah,
1: right above where my boots stop. So he's yeah. very smart. So, but he's corralled with the two other Sebastopol's right now, but he'll still try to jump over the fence and get you. And he's bit Matt that way before because Matt wasn't standing back far enough. So you oh really my gotta gosh. be careful. <laughs> It's like, oh. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Crocodile Hunter, like, when he would <laughs> get the snakes and be holding them by his tail, and, he, and like, he'd have his legs spread pretty wide, and he's like, oh, cracky, it's a beaut! <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the position I have to take to flip their pool, because he's coming at me like a chicken cobra. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I have to, like,
1: watch him and flip the pool with one hand. It's a whole thing.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you, like, when they're coming at you, they, like, stretch their necks out and kind of, like, take them back and forth like a snake that's getting ready to strike, right? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Like,
1: they're just not good creatures, guys. Like, why? I told Matt yesterday. I was like... Why who said this was a good idea to get geese? But honestly, <laughs> they're really cool animals and they're super interesting to watch. It's just just like with roosters this time of year. They get those hormones rushing, so you just got to be careful around them. But they're they're loud.
0: I have a confession. I'm starting to think that maybe I just got lucky in the Drake department for my male ducks. Because like I still have one Drake here and he's just like the friendliest, silliest guy ever. He's never oh. been aggressive at me whatsoever. So I'm so
1: I'm over here like, I love male ducks. I think they're the greatest creatures ever. <laughs> well, I don't have a problem with my male ducks. That's interesting though. Now that I think about it, I've never had a problem with a male duck being aggressive. Now, a female duck sitting on eggs is a different story. They'll take your hand off if you're not careful. But that's funny. (laughs) I wonder if ducks are just nicer. Yeah. No matter what their gender (laughs)
0: because <laughs> I would assume that they'd be more like the geese, yeah, but maybe not. No. So good to know. So so my
1: experience is not unique because I'm over yeah. here like,
0: I, I don't understand why he's so friendly.
1: <laughs> well, let's ask our listeners, does anybody have an aggressive duck? Please let us know by emailing us at, at com or drop that in our Facebook group because I'm interested to know because I haven't come across a mean duck. Yeah, we'll read about it on our next minisode. Yeah. And I've had some, I've had a lot of male (laughs) dogs. All right. So our last can't even was posted by Angie. And it's this really cute video. And she said, get your workout on hashtag can't even. And it's (laughs) posted on the page Cosmopolitan Inc. (laughs) And it says, fitness on the farm hashtag Friday funny. And it is a video of this guy with a Holstein calf. Doing all kinds of exercises like calf lunges and calf stretches and calf uh, squats, all kinds of cute stuff. So it's kind of like the goat CrossFit video that it was a bigger account. She put it out a couple of years ago. Oh,
0: uh, shoot. I know who it was, but I can't remember her name
1: right now. I'll remember it when we're done recording. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, it's super cute. So we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast,
0: check out patreon.com/drinkandfarm. We have multiple levels of support you can sign up for, starting at just $2 a month. At that level, you'll get
1: access to our outtakes and some other fun extras on the Patreon app. We have other levels too that allow you to get a little something out of the deal. We're talking gifts, stickers, discount codes, and t-shirts. Go to patreon.com/drinkandfarm for more details.
0: Okay, so our next thing for this mini is a farm story, and it's from Lindsay, and she posted it in our Facebook group. And she says, yesterday's story was sad, but here's a funny I-can-relate farm story. If you've talked with me before, you know that I live on an alpaca ranch with 200-plus head on it. My yard and property is separated from the ranch, but shares a fence line. This morning, I'm out feeding the pigs and the goats with my trusty little doggy, Cairo. I've posted him in all his glory before, and he lets out the funniest little bark growl while looking into the ranch. I figured he saw the ranch dogs and just wanted them to come see him, but that was not the case. For the third day in a row, alpacas are loose. Now, it hasn't been the same group of alpacas all three days. It's been different pens of alpacas loose, and nobody knows why this keeps happening. So I get off the phone with my spouse, who's away in the academy, and rally the troops. I don't know if you've ever herded alpacas before, but it's kind of like herding kittens. (laughs) Nobody wants to go in the same place. They're very fast, and they spit at you if you corner them and kick you. Oh, my god, That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) No. Now, our ranch is about 25-ish acres with a perimeter fence and pens inside, but lots of rows and alleys for them to split up and run back and forth through. Luckily, we have fencing, creating a catch pen every two pens. So I started out with a bucket of rocks to make them think that I have yummy treats. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) And head out for the last place I saw them. I've got most of them in the center row of the ranch. But I don't have enough hands to close the gates. But here comes reinforcements, sleepy-eyed and pajama-clad to help, which I was very happy to see. Come to find out, it's the pen with our llamas, and she's basically feral. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) She's not one to be caught without major problems. But thankfully, the girls decided to give us a break. And with several back-and-forth trips across the ranch, they all made it back into North 8, where they should have been. Now it's time to finish getting ready for work and plan for some major gate checks and a quick run to Home Depot for more carabiners because we suspect it's our young puppy farm dog Tucker wanting his alpaca friends to come and play. Who needs coffee when you've got cardio? Picture of the group of escapees on sharing day. And she's got a cute photo of the alpacas under their tent on sharing day and it's super adorable.
1: Oh man, (gasps) what a story. I can't imagine trying to chase that. (laughs) Many
0: other kids around. <laughs> oh my gosh well and to know that when you corner them they're just gonna spit and kick at you you're kind of like i love you so i don't want you to die so i'm gonna put you where you belong even though i know this is gonna cause me harm <laughs> yeah
1: and don't please don't spit my face please don't spit my face <laughs> yeah i don't want it in my mouth <laughs> yeah Lindsay I actually shared quite a few photos and videos with us of their sharing day too and that just looks like A big job in itself, especially when you have over 200. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So much. All right. So we have a question to end this mini-sode with as well. This was emailed to us, and it starts out by saying, Hey, ladies, just listen to your podcast and learn some new things. Sorry for your loss. Two years ago, my first year with goats, of course, I bred the older doe I had. She seemed to do fine. I read all the books that said 95% of the time all goes well. She definitely went into labor, but the next morning she still hadn't delivered. I had a friend with lots of goat experience come over, and she helped deliver a six-pound kid, and then things went downhill fast. Long story short, a kid had died in utero and was blocking the birth canal. I took her to the vet who got the dead kid out and another dead kid as well, but unfortunately mom didn't make it. Tina was cute as a button, but the whole experience was so traumatic for me, and I've not bred either of the does since. Any suggestions to get over this? Thanks, and love the podcast, Pat. Well, thanks for the question, Pat. Um, That's a tough one. Obviously, that's a really tough experience. And I'm really sorry that that was your first kidding experience. That's really rough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and... So it's kind of crazy that this email ended up in our email box a few days ago because I had actually received something similar in my own personal Instagram. It wasn't a similar story, but it was like asking about how to get over grief or move past grief on the farm. And I was like, let me think about how to answer this because it's hard. Because one of the things about experiences like this is I think that we're all going to Respond to them differently. Yeah. So, like, what works for Sam and I won't necessarily work for somebody else. But the very first thing that I wanted to let Pat know is that there's like, there's no getting over traumatic experiences like that. Like, that kind of a traumatic experience for a goat birth, that's one of those things that I think you end up carrying with you and ends up, it kind of ends up making you, though, just a more aware goat keeper, I guess, because like your brain now knows what those signs are. So for mm-hmm. future kiddings, like you, you get the opportunity to to take that horrible experience and it can help you recognize those kinds of situations when they come up, which in the end does end up making you a better goat keeper, like as hard as they are to have.
1: Right. And I think, too, depending on the type of person you are and how you grieve or how you don't grieve, because I know before that I haven't allowed myself to process and grieve for different reasons. Sometimes it's just too busy with, you know, my big kid job and don't have the time to be emotional. Um And that's always come back and bit me. Like, you have to feel it. You have to think all the negative thoughts and get them out of your system almost. Like, you don't want to dwell on it, but you do need to let yourself feel it and grieve. But the important thing is, is that you don't dwell. You have to uh, let yourself feel it, but you you can't stay stuck there and you can't dwell on it. And you can't let it hold you back from the good things that are coming your way because good things are coming. And like those books said, 95% of the time, everything goes okay. You just kind of drew the short stick for no good reason.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not like when those experiences happen, it's important to know that sometimes there wasn't necessarily anything different you could have done for a different outcome either. Because like that 5% of the time, sometimes it's just something awful that's, like, totally outside of your control.
1: Right. And a six-pound kid, I I don't know what kind of goats you have, but that doesn't sound very normal. And there might not be a good explanation for why that happened. I don't know. But that's, you know, it seems like kind of an abnormal thing based on the information that I don't have. Uh, The only thing you can do is kind of rip the Band-Aid off and do it. But you have to make sure that you've processed everything as well as you can. And it's going to be scary the first time you do it. And that first time that the you know goat goes into labor, you're probably going to freak out a little bit. You're probably going to be worried. But the only way to get over it is to just go through it.
0: Well, and one thing to do too is because you already know that you've had this traumatic experience and you know that you're going to be on high alert and you know that you're going to be worried for the next time that you have a goat kids, like make a plan for that. What? what would give you more peace? you know, throughout that goat's pregnancy or throughout that goat's kidding? Like, is it having barn cameras so that you can keep an eye on them all the time mm-hmm. so you'll know right away? Like, get those barn cameras and install them. Or is it having a friend that knows a lot about goats come over and stay the night with you while you guys wait for your goat to kid? Like, will that will that bring you more peace and make you feel like you're better prepared? Like, you have to kind of decide what you think will help give you the tools that you need to get through it. And then once you have a successful one, I think that the subsequent ones get easier and easier.
1: Yeah, I've been really lucky here and we haven't had any problems, but I have had a sick goat before that I thought was going to die. Like I was like saying goodbye to it before the vet came over. Like it was that bleak from from where I, what I was experiencing at that time. So I, I get that feeling and in to an extent and in not wanting to go there again but you know that's the only way you can like i said the only way you can get over it is just kind of push them through it and just like bev said find the things that you know might make it a little easier yeah so we hope that that was helpful yeah Hopefully, maybe maybe others have tips, too, of, you know, similar experiences that they've had and, and how they successfully been able to um, take that step. And if you guys do, you can absolutely share those with us, and we will follow up on those in the next podcast or the next mini-sode. Yeah.
0: So be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because
1: this helps more people like you find us. And leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts to possibly be entered into a monthly drawing. And
0: if you share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us, we're at Drink Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for this episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop.
1: And make sure you take a look at those show notes today and you will find links to our social media, our merch shop, and some other fun things. And that's it for today's mini-sode. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And until next time, drink, farm, and give Zero zero plus.
0: Plus. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things,
1: we drink and farm things.